Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Local Hour. We're going to look back to the weekend where EKU and Indiana State came down to the wire. We're going to look at the Kentucky Chattanooga game as well. We're going to preview EKU versus Austin P and Kentucky versus South Carolina. And we're going to talk with starting right tackle for the Eastern Kentucky Colonels, Drew Hart. All that and just a little bit more. That's what's cooking on the day's Sports Dope Local Hour. Welcome into a new edition of the Sports Stove Local Hour, presented by IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. Do you have bug issues at your house? Ants, spiders, centipedes? How about those little stink bugs? Well, IPM Pest and Termite is here to help you. If you live in Central Kentucky, you need to visit myipm.com where you can get in touch with the fine folks at IPM Pest and Termite. Get a scheduled stop for them to come out, take a look at your pest issues, and help you take care of them in a timely and professional manner. If you want to go for yourself and look at Google or Yelp or Facebook or wherever else you can find reviews on businesses, you can read what IPM Pest and Termite's customers have to say about them. They are professional. They are on time every time. And they're actually competitive in their pricing as well. They do a great job. They guarantee their work and have great opportunities for you there. So if you're in Central Kentucky and you have pest issues, not talking about your spouse, but uh, actual bugs, ants, spiders, centipedes, stink bugs, mice, moles, whatever it may be, make sure you visit myipm.com and set up a visit from the professionals of IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. Welcome into a new edition, and we are excited to be with you. Uh, a great experience was had at Roy Kidd Stadium this past weekend. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to the fine folks at EKU and uh, their hospitality and making me feel welcome there covering the game uh, from the press box. And uh, just an absolutely wonderful time had, even though the outcome wasn't quite what we'd hoped for. And we're going to talk a little bit about this game against Indiana State. But I wanted to make sure I was clear in saying thank you to all the fine folks at EKU who made the experience a wonderful experience and looking forward already to this coming weekend's game. Three o'clock kickoff, by the way, at the kid. But uh, great job by the staff. Um, again, very friendly, very helpful. Uh, great job by the uh, the whole event was put on well. I mean, the fireworks, the the new lights, the the turf looks great. Uh, the new traditions that were started, running down the hill, uh, different things like that. So a lot of good things were happening on Saturday. Decent crowd attendance. Uh, we can do better. All right, EKU fans, we can do better. Uh, they're going to fit a few more people in that stadium than what was there on Saturday. But the people that were there did a wonderful job uh, getting some noise up. Coach Wells 
uh, discussed how how it was helpful and how it was good. A couple of the players talked about it as well after the game. And so good job by all your fans uh, that were there this weekend. But we want to kind of talk through this game because there were some issues within this game, some things that were fine. And actually, again, I want to just brag on the defense. Um, at the end of the game, it was a defensive mistake. There was another drive that didn't look good for the defense. But overall, the defense played really, really well. They played well enough to win that football game. The offense was hurting in this game as far as consistency goes. There would be drives where things were going so smoothly and so well and in rhythm, and then there were other drives not so well. The EKU had nine offensive drives throughout the game. Five of those drives ended in three and outs, and you cannot have a game where more than half of your offensive drives end in three and outs and expect a victory at the end of it. But the defense kept them in the game the whole time. And so, again, a huge shout-out to the defense. We're going to talk about some individual players in just a moment. Um, but this game, it came down to just a couple mistakes, honestly, that ultimately cost the game for EKU against Indiana State, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But uh, let's talk about some positives first. Davion Ross, a uh, huge positive in this game. He had over 100 yards in return yards in the game. I believe it was 104 yards in returning. A great job on the special teams, but also defensively, of course, he had the pick six uh, in the the tie of the game. I think 14-14 is when he got that interception and uh, a number of knockdowns as well. He's up, by the way, I believe, for ASUN Defensive Player of the Week. So make sure you go find that and vote on that. Uh, that's a fan-voted award there. But uh, Davion Ross played phenomenal. And after the game, he got a chance to ask him how they were going to handle this loss and change from the you know that that momentum where you're the highest the highs with the touchdown with 49 seconds to go in the game taking the lead to the lowest of lows of losing at the last second and uh, both him and Dejun Hewitt came in and spoke with us after the game and and uh, both of them just you know emphasized the fact that hey we've got to move on to the next one we've got to take the positives that we can and we've got to learn from the things here as well uh, in that game but Davion Ross phenomenal game for him Parker McKinney now he was part of the reason for the three and outs that happened. But uh, at the end of the day, Parker McKinney was a big reason they were ahead at that 49-second mark as well, including that massive 12-yard run. Actually, I think it was more than 12 yards, but spinning uh, twice on the run, getting them down inside the five, and then two plays later is when Dejun Hewitt took the lead for EKU from four yards out with a run to the right side. But uh, Parker McKinney played uh, well. He was pretty accurate in his passing. And a lot of good things came from him. And again, we just got to get that little bit more consistency, but things are right there, right there on the edge at the very least. Uh, Ubang Udam uh, got the big sack. He only got credited with half a sack, but it was his sack. Uh, so shout out to you, my friend. Uh, good play there. And he was involved in other plays as well and, and, and causing some havoc and some uncomfortableness uh, there for the Indiana State quarterback. And so a good job by him as well. Let's talk about the run game for a moment. After the uh, game, Coach Wells said in the press conference, he was not pleased with the run game again. And he says, we need to get more consistent. And that's something that I've said on this podcast as well. Something Dejun Hewitt, when he was on this podcast that we talked about. But uh, I was looking at the stats and the stats are a little deceiving because they did have two long runs, both him and McGlure. But I asked Coach, I said, you know, they only got the ball 14 times total between the two. Eight carries for Dejun Hewitt, six for McGlure. 
And uh, he said, well, you know, if we get more efficient, we'll, we'll definitely run the ball more. And I, I didn't think on the, at the moment, and I wish I could have, and we'll talk to Drew Hart in just a moment, offensive lineman for EKU, but how much of that goes on to the running back versus how much of it goes on to the offensive line to get that efficiency going a little bit there. And honestly, you know, McGlory especially had a drive that he just looked really, really good on that drive, but then he never really got a whole lot of opportunities after that. Dejun, he got a few more, two more extra carries in the game, but even he, in my opinion, didn't get legit opportunities to find rhythm and get things going uh, there, even though he was the one, obviously, that scored the touchdown there with 49 seconds to go to take the lead 21-17. Um, I would like to see a little bit more confidence in the run game. Uh, now, obviously, there needs to be more efficiency in the run game. There needs to be uh, better opportunities for the running backs caused by the offensive line, and there's got to be better uh, taking advantage of opportunities by the running backs as well, but I didn't think this was so much a bad game for the running backs as I did. Maybe they just kind of got afraid and got away from the run game a little faster, maybe than they should have. Again, at the end of the day, they took the lead late in the game, had the chance to win. Uh, so who am I to say otherwise? But uh, the run game has to get better, whether that means the coaches committing to it more, whether that means the offensive line improving, whether it means the running backs improving, whatever it is, it's got to get better to have a successful uh, season here, especially in the AQ7. Uh, then the uh, rough outing for Patrick Nations. Coming off his A-Sun Special Teams Player of the Week, he misses a field goal that was not even close. And then uh, the kickoff after the touchdown, 49 seconds to go in the game. They have the lead by four. Coach calls for a squib kick. And Patrick, in his, I'm assuming, I've not heard the response yet at the time we talked with Coach after the game, he hadn't had a chance to talk with Patrick yet, but the assumption is he just missed it. Somehow he kicked the ball wrong, missed it, and uh, it ended up hitting the up man for Indiana State, bounced off his leg forward, and then Indiana State fell on it inside the 50-yard line, about the 48-yard line uh, of EKU. And so in a chance where the defense had a chance to hold and shut down this game, all of a sudden with 49 seconds left, Indiana State has great field position and it opened the door for the eventual touchdown pass that the defensive back was just a little too deep in the end zone, put a great lick on the receiver that caught it there, but the ball was over the line, touchdown Indiana State, and EKU loses with no time left on the clock. So a rough outing for Patrick Nations, both with field goal kicking and on the kickoff uh, there. And again, I didn't was not trying to pile on Coach Wells after the game, so I didn't ask it, but I wondered kind of the philosophy behind the squib quick versus just letting them boot it because uh, a few uh, there's at least one of his kickoffs earlier in the game went out the back of the end zone. So he has this power strength just to kick it out of the back of the end zone, give them the ball at their own, what, 30, 25-yard line, and and go from there. They chose to do the squib kick. At the end of the day, if you do it over, you probably would. But you can't. got to live with the results. Uh, other inconsistent issues on offense, Malik Owens had a great drive early in the game when they went up 7 nothing. He had three big catches on that drive and then didn't see a whole lot out of him the rest of the game. Dakota Allen, he got a, a, a drive going there late in the third quarter, I believe it was. And uh, he got some huge passes. Both of them go for first downs. But eventually, uh, that drive stalled out when they went forward on fourth and one and could not get the first down. Uh, so there are guys getting involved. There are guys being helpful outside of your standard uh, two two receivers or three receivers even with Jaden Smith. But uh, at the end of the day, it was not enough for 
EKU to overcome Indiana State. And just what a a heart <laughs> heart pounding way to end the game with uh, zero time left on the clock. And we were in the press box. Indiana State coaching staff was down to my left, and man, they went nuts. I don't know what they did. And then somebody off to my right, which was the EKU coaching staff, something was thrown. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, they were not happy, needless to say, and I understand that as well. But this game, well played uh, in many aspects, but just that consistency on offense has to improve and has to get better because they've got a tough opponent coming into town this week in Austin P. Austin P announced this week that they are coming over to the A-Sun Conference following EKU over from the OVC. And so congratulations to Austin P coming on over as well. But they play them this week, and Austin P has quite the offense ahead. We're going to look at the breakdown of EKU and Austin P in just a moment. But first, it's time for a guest. Time for a guest is brought to you by La Touraine watches and accessories law-terrain.com is where you can find these watches and you can use the code sports stove you're gonna get 10% off your purchase again that's law-terrain.com use the promo code sports stove to get 10% off your purchase now it's time for a guest we are joined now by starting offensive lineman for EKU Drew Hart Drew thanks for being with us thank you for having me uh, you're welcome. Uh, let's start off very simply. How's everybody handling Saturday's game? How are, how are we doing moving on? Uh, you know, obviously Saturday, it was a tough, tough loss, you know, last second uh, touchdown. But we've had two great practices. We have a big opponent coming in this weekend, Austin P. Um, they're a really good football team. And, you know, we're just trying to keep up the energy at practice, which we've done well. And I think we've moved on. When, uh, you know, the, the way that game ended, it was, it was incredibly rough. I mean, up in the press box, everybody was so happy. And then all of a sudden it was like, Ooh, uh, I'm, and you got the EKU coaches to our right. We heard somebody throw something and then, <laughs> and then we had the Indiana state coaches to our left and they were shouting and screaming and everything like that. Um, who would you say is the most vocal guy in your locker room outside of the coaching staff, the players, who's the most vocal guy in your locker room. That's, that's been the most motive motivating uh to move forward you know I, i'd say there's a few guys um one would be kyle bailey he's one of our captains he he's done a great job he came in transferred from western K kentucky and he's just been a pow powerful voice in the locker room as well on the field like when they would get a stop on defense that he would come over and encourage us when we're going out there and that that's really uplift to know that the defense has our back and we also have their back. And, you know, sometimes when we're not clicking, they're, they're picking us up. And when they're not clicking, we're picking them up. So it's just kind of, it's a team effort, obviously. And I would say that he's one that sticks out the most. Um, I was going to ask that question, but that might be too mean. So I'm going to hold off on that one. Might come back to it in just a second. Um, let me ask you, what, how did you choose EKU? What was your, what brought you uh, to Richmond? Well, when I was a junior in high school, I was on the recruiting trail, you know, attending camps and all that. And I was actually in the spring, I came out of a basketball practice and I looked on my Twitter notifications and one of the coaches DM me was like, you have an offer at Eastern Kentucky. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. Awesome. And I reached out to him. And ever since then, I really just fell in love 
on the first visit, the coaches were great. Obviously, they're not here anymore, but <laughs> the campus is uh, is beautiful, and just the people all around are just great. So it's, it's a couple seasons with Wells now, but how did that transition go? Because, you know, a lot of times you have guys that will commit somewhere and that coaching staff leaves, and then and especially nowadays with the transfer portal so active. Um, how has Coach Wells and his staff done with that transition to the new staff? I think they've done a great job considering even COVID happening last year where mm-hmm. we would have to meet on Zoom and uh, have meetings over Zoom and have to wear face masks during practice. It's just really – it was tough, and I think that their leadership, they've done a great job of just keep on moving forward and getting better every day, and that's that's our mindset. And I think one of our core values is passion, which is consistency and performance with the championship mindset. And that that's really he's trying to engrave those core values into us. And I think that's shown. Awesome. Uh, Talk about your confidence in your quarterback, Parker McKinney. When you have people from the outside that don't follow EKU, they look at the roster and they see Cord Sandberg there coming over from Auburn. And they're like, why isn't he starting? But if you watch games, you're pretty confident in Parker. Uh, and I know you guys like Cord, too. I'm not asking you to pick sides. Uh, but tell me about your confidence in Parker McKinney. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a great leader. He's one of our captains. And we have 100% confidence in him. And our job is to protect him and help him raise his confidence. And, you know, he 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 reads his keys per good. And um, also, t- touch on Cord. Obviously, he he wanted to come in and play quarterback, but you know he's part he's for the team, the team, the team, and he he's like taking reps at wide receiver. He's playing quarterback, wildcat. You know, he's just all over the field, and it's good to see that he's getting involved as well. Yeah, and what you're saying can be seen as far as the whole team together. You talked about the offense complementing the defense, and the defense complementing the offense. Cord being a team guy, every that is being seen from the outside, from us watching you guys, uh, which is says a lot because especially at y'all's age, I'm not. I mean, I'm not drastically older than you, but uh, <laughs> I can look back a little bit and go, boy, when I was that age, I'm not sure how unselfish I could have been in that setting as well. Uh, the run game, Coach Wells has talked about the importance of the run game being more consistent, being more efficient in, in its effort. Um, I, we talked with Dejan Hewitt a couple weeks ago on this podcast and and uh, and the press conference this last week as well. But um, your role and your uh, cohort's role on the offensive line, what, what are you guys working on to improve the opportunities for the running backs to have bigger holes, better opportunities to get that run game going? Yeah, I, I would say um, one of the first things we got to do is just we communicate. Our communication is getting better every single day and just ID in the fronts who we're working to um, will be will show a big improvement, I think, on that and just trusting ourselves. We, we know what we're doing. Um, we have to be confident in what we're doing, and I think that will be the end result of our success. Austin P is coming in this weekend. Uh, next year they'll be in the conference. Uh, so there you'll be seeing Austin P plenty over the next couple of years that you're here. Um, what do you guys know about them as far as, especially their, their defensive front and what you're going to be doing with blocking? Uh, what do you guys know about Austin P and the, the test that's ahead of you? Yeah, Austin P, they're a really good football team. Um, they're very disciplined. Um, I would say they play a traditionally three down offense or defense up front. And it's going to be important that we just stay on our tracks in the, in the zone game and have really good eyes in the pass game. And 
Uh, they have a few really good pass rushers. I know uh, number 13 is good and um, 18 as well. So I think it's just good to ID those guys and have, make sure we have our eyes on them and they'll show us some good keys. When you're watching film and preparing for guys like this, are you looking for um, their techniques or what kind of uh, – because I've never played offensive line before. So uh, what are you looking for when you're watching this film to kind of help you key on the guys that you're going to be blocking? Yeah, so one of the first things that I do is well, we get like our we get our sheet and see the size of the defense alignment and the linebackers that we'll go against and then – just see like the different techniques that they do, what what their favorite pass rush is, and if there's any like tips on when a guy would blitz coming off the edge or when they would show, you know, in middle pressure and things like that. And it's definitely beneficial. Like we practice it every single day, just repetition. And then in, in the game, when we see it, it just kind of clicks. So it definitely pays off. What has been the the like? I'm sure there's been multiple things, but what's one thing that you've learned in your jump from high school to EKU uh, that's improved your game going forward? Um, I would just say being aware of everything around me, just kind of having that higher IQ of the game. You know, in high school, you're kind of just you're given an assignment, just go, just go hit them. You're you're bigger than everybody. But here you're not you're not bigger than everybody, and it's really important to focus on your technique and really um, just communicate up front. You're still bigger than most. Uh, <laughs> the numbers they have for you six seven three zero two is that still accurate? Yep, that's pretty accurate. All right, yeah. So you're still bigger than most, but that's all right. I understand what you're saying for sure, and uh, all that comes in from there. Um, the the question I was going to ask earlier that I stopped, I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, Patrick Nations uh, came off a of ASUN Special Teams Player of the Year or Week last week. Comes in this week, has has a tough week. Um, what do you guys say to Patrick? I know he's he's a freshman, I believe. Um, what do you redshirt freshman, I guess? So what do you guys say to Patrick? Um, do you say anything? Do you kind of let a day or two go by? And, and I'm not trying to single out Patrick, but as a whole, I'm thinking as when a, when a special team or a kicker punter has a bad game, they're kind of the odd man out sometimes. So what do you guys do to encourage him? Uh, what do you say to him going into this week? You know, I would just say just kind of lifting him up. You know, obviously he's going to be down and it's not, it's not definitely not his fault. You know, there's multiple errors in a game and just like coach, our coach Wells said, he's like, those are obviously going to stand out and everybody's going to pick those few out, but they didn't see a missed block or a missed assignment here and there. So, you know, obviously he's going to feel bad, but just lifting him up and encouraging him is going to be the best moving forward. Well, Drew, I watched you the whole game. Didn't see a single mistake. So uh, congratulations uh, there. Looking forward to this week ahead against Austin P. And uh, good luck to you guys going forward. Thank you very much. A big thank you to Drew Hart. Appreciate him taking the time to come on. I actually had fans reach out to me and ask me to have Drew on. And uh, happy to do it. Happy to have Drew on. Actually, I lived not too far from where Drew is from in Indiana for a couple of years. And, um, and so it's exciting to, to kind of talk with someone who's in the same general area as I was, but, uh, excited for what's ahead for EKU for their offensive line and for the offense coming up this week. 
Let's talk about the Austin P game now this weekend, a three o'clock kickoff there at Roy Kidd Stadium. Again, you need to come out to these games. It's it's important to support. It's going to be great weather, should be great weather this weekend as well. Come out, bring the family out. Uh, tickets are incredibly affordable. There's room for you. A great experience uh, as EKU does a great job hosting games. And so come out and support the team this week. But they're playing Austin P. Austin P has a dynamic offense. Uh, Draylon Ellis is the quarterback. He has 896 yards, eight touchdowns, and two interceptions uh, here so far this season. This Austin P team, by the way, they beat Moorhead last week, 59 to 35. Two weeks ago, they they went to Ole Miss and they they got blown out, 54-17 against Ole Miss. And game one of the season, they played Chattanooga, who took Kentucky to the wire this weekend. They beat Chattanooga 30 to 20. Um, and like I said, this offense is is really, really talented for Austin P. So you got Ellis at quarterback. He's already almost has a thousand yards on the season, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. He has been sacked eight times, by the way. And uh, that's something EKU needs to get to this week. When it comes to running the football, Austin P is led by Ahmad Tanner. He's the, the main guy there. He's got 256 yards over three games. He has two touchdowns. C.J. Evans, the backup running back, 17 touches, 122 yards. He has a touchdown. They've got another running back that sparingly touches it uh, as well in Javon Jackson. Of course, the quarterback runs. Uh, actually, he's the second leading rusher as far as carries, but uh, not yards. So Ahmad Taylor's the get Tanner, excuse me, is the guy to watch out of the backfield. Then receiving, though, they spread the ball out. But Nico Harley has 13 catches, 277 yards, and three touchdowns. Dre McCreary gets the ball more. He's got 16 catches, 260, and one touchdown. DJ Renner has 15 catches, 149 yards, and a touchdown. Then CJ Evans, he's the backup running back who's only carried the ball 17 times, but he's got 10 catches to go with it. So when he's in the game, he's a valid receiving threat out there as well. 71 yards for him. They've got uh, three other receivers who have caught touchdown passes along with those leading receivers. So they get the ball spread out very well. Let's see here. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven guys who caught passes so far this season in three games uh, for them. Uh, Special teams-wise, kicker, uh, he has all of his extra points made, 11 for 11. He's three for four from the field goal. When it comes to the defense, they've got four sacks. That's not too bad. And uh, and we expect the EKU offensive line to hold up to help there. They do have one interception, I believe. No, three interceptions. Four interceptions. I apologize. Four interceptions and uh, one forced fumble on the season as well. Their leading tacklers both have 11 tackles on the season. Both of them are defensive backs. And a lot of that comes in the Ole Miss game <laughs> as uh, there was a lot of throwing going on in that game there. So again, this is a team that is dangerous, very, very dangerous. They're two and one. They've beaten a decent opponent in Chattanooga. They got blown out by Ole Miss. They took care of Moorhead State uh, with not a whole lot of issues. Eastern Kentucky now is one and two. Uh, The loss this past week is the one that obviously you want back. The Indiana State game should have been a win. They beat Western Carolina 31 to 28, which I felt like they should have beat them by more. But the offense has really struggled getting going. And so getting the offense going early, will make a big difference in this game as well. Patrick McKinney, he's got 572 yards on a 65% completion percentage, two touchdowns, three interceptions, 
Um, two of those interceptions came in week one. So uh, he's he's getting comfortable. He's back into the rhythm of things. Cord Sandberg has come in. Uh, in this last weekend's game, he came in twice and ran the ball both times. It's definitely Parker McKinney's uh, job, of course, and and uh, he's doing a good job with it. Dejun Hewitt leads the team in rushing. 33 carries, 115 yards, and four touchdowns. Keandre McGlure had a great game this past week with the opportunities that he was given. Uh, might see a little bit more out of him. Of course, Parker McKinney has rushed for over 100 yards this season as well. Dejun Hewitt, by the way, the only rushing touchdown so far this season for EKU. Receiving Matt Wilcox uh, is the leader in the clubhouse. 16 catches, 136 yards uh, there. And then you've got Jaden Smith is next at 12, 12 catches. He's got 108 yards there as well. And then Mo Edwards, eight catches, 111 yards. Those are the three main guys. Dakota Allen finally got some, some more involved in this game against Indiana State, and I expect to see that continue. Brian Johnson got some catches. Malik Owens got some catches this week uh, as well. A couple other guys here and there getting catches also. Patrick Nations, we already talked about uh, kicking. He missed the one field goal. This last week, otherwise, he's been perfect on the season for kicks. Defensively, we got to do better. Three sacks. Uh, we need to get some more pressure on the quarterback, especially as things come along. Four interceptions, and including two this past week against Indiana State. This defense is going to have to go uh, shut down this quarterback for Austin P. Ellis. Uh, he, is, he is incredibly dangerous. And so the defense will have their hands full, which means we need the offense to step up and play a game. Coming off the loss against Indiana State, I think uh, EKU and Coach Wills makes the necessary adjustments. Prediction on this week's game, I'm going to go 37-32 EKU with the win. 37-32 EKU with the win. It's going to be a high-scoring affair, and uh, even though I think the defense will play well, I think that uh, at the end of the day, Austin Peay's going to be able to put some points on the board. So that's my prediction for this week. Feel free to send me your predictions anytime you would like. When we come back, we're going to break down Kentucky as they play South Carolina at South Carolina this week. They're coming off an incredibly close game against Chattanooga. We'll discuss all of that and predict what's ahead uh, this week for the University of Kentucky when we come back. Built for the man on the go, the Compass by Law Terrain is primed to take on life's moments. From casually keeping time around the boardroom table to backing you up in tough terrain, style and function go hand in hand with this wristwatch that offers dependability under any circumstance. The sporty nature of a chronograph pairs well with a variety of leather and nylon straps and bands to complete any look. Reliable, versatile, great looking, and easy to wear every day. All Law Terrain watches are backed with an international 24-month warranty to protect against any manufacturer issues. We stand behind our products because we know they are built to high expectations. Visit law-terrain.com and use code SPORTSSTOVE for 10% off. With over 20 years of experience, Matt Schaefer and the good folks at locally owned IPM Pest and Termite provides pest control service for all of Central Kentucky's pest control needs. Whether you have a current pest control problem or want to prevent infestation from ever entering your home, IPM Pest and Termite offers maintenance programs that will help keep pests out of your home and provide peace of mind. So for dependable, reliable services that you can count on, get in touch with our good friend Matt Schaefer at IPM Pest and Termite today at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. 
Welcome back to the Sports Stove Local Hour presented by IPM Pest and Termite Central Kentucky's Neighborhood Pest Professional. Now we're on to the Kentucky Wildcats. They're coming off an interesting game this past weekend. They played Chattanooga. They beat them 28-23. At the end of the day, the win's all that matters, but uh, that game scared a lot of people. I spoke with multiple people who were at the game. They all said the heat made the game miserable and the game being close didn't help uh, either. But uh, interesting game for Kentucky against Chattanooga. I mean, Chattanooga just stayed in there. And uh, I want to give a shout out to a player who will never hear this, but uh, the Chattanooga kicker, uh, he was phenomenal. Sears was his last name, Aaron Sears uh, from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is actually where I grew up. But uh, Aaron Sears, he just looked incredibly confident and did great in the game uh, kicking field goals for Chattanooga. Let's look, though, focus mainly on Kentucky and what they did. Wando Robinson continues to be just the highlight reel. Eight catches, 111 yards. Ali had five for 53. Cummings got his first touchdown and his only catch of the game. Epps uh, had two catches. One of those was a touchdown as well. Chris Rodriguez did not have a great game, finally, for the first time. Uh, and we expect him to recover from this. 13 carries. 46 yards his longest carry of the day was nine yards he had three other players that had longer runs than him uh smoke had an 11 yard run levis had a 21 yard run ali even got in there with the 11 yard touchdown scamper as well will levis two more interceptions to add to his total but he did have 254 yards and two touchdowns as well this was just not the game for kentucky right it just did not go the way that they wanted it to go it just continued to struggle in different areas along the way. The defense got zero sacks against Chattanooga. Five tackles for losses, though, and Pascal was great in this game in many ways, at least. Uh, DeAndre Square actually had a decent game as well, getting to the quarterback uh, and hurrying him two times. Pascal was back there three times. So uh, there were at the end of the day, they won. That's all that matters. Maybe they were overlooking Chattanooga to prepare for the big SEC run that's ahead. I don't know, but it did not go the way they wanted it to go outside of the end result being a win. And so now the question is, is are they focused for South Carolina? Are they going to be able to get ready for this game? They're five-point favorites on the road against South Carolina. Now, South Carolina coming into this season, uh, they, they started off against Eastern Illinois. They beat them 46 to nothing. Then they beat East Carolina, who's a decent team. 20 to 17. Then they get blown out by Georgia, which is fine. That's you're allowed to get blown out by Georgia when you're South Carolina this season. Okay. Uh, so that's okay. So now they're going to face Kentucky. Now Kentucky is the better team, but the question is, is how prepared are they going to be for this game? South Carolina coming into this game, quarterback Zeb Nolan, 27 uh, completions, 407 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. So he doesn't turn the ball over very often. The run game has been just okay. Uh, Zaquandre White, he's got 22 carries for 167 yards. Juju McDowell has 23 carries for 113 yards. Marshawn Lloyd has 26 carries for 95 yards. Kevin Harris has 23 carries for 64 yards. So they got four players who in their first three games now have 20-plus carries, but only one touchdown. And that was with Zaquandre White that got that touchdown. So they, they use a number of running backs. When it comes to receivers, Josh Van is the main guy. He's got 10 catches, 282 yards, and two touchdowns. There are four other receivers that have touchdowns, including tight end Jaheim Bell, 
Wide receiver DeCarian Joyner, who's got 10 catches as well. Running back Zaquandre Wright, and then the other tight end, Nick Muse, uh, that all have touchdowns there for South Carolina. Uh, we're looking at the defense. They've got six sacks on the year. They've got one fumble uh, recovery there as well. And let's see here. I'm sorry, six interceptions. They have eight sacks on the year. Uh, so they're they're a team that has, and they haven't played great competition outside of Georgia, but they're a team that's been able to do what they need to do and have some success while they did it as well. Kentucky, on the other hand, Will Levis is at 800 yards right on the dot. He's throwing for 64% completion percentage, which is good, and, and average to above average there as well. Seven touchdowns, but he's got four interceptions. You've got to protect the ball if you're Will Levis. That's the area that's going to kill you. These turnovers crush you. And so he's got to be able to protect the ball and improve that area there. Chris Rodriguez, of course, leading uh, rusher, 377 yards, most of that coming in the first two weeks, not last week. But he's got four touchdowns to go with it as well. Kavasi uh, Smoke, he's got 20 touches for 92 yards. No other running back outside of Rodriguez has plus 100 yards so far this season. Will Levis is at 37. Of course, you got some of that gets taken away by the sacks and different things. But uh, he's got the long run this past week of 21 yards. He also has the touchdown. Uh, receiving, Wondell Robinson leading the team, 337 yards with 18 catches, two touchdowns. Josh Ali has 12 catches, 219 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Epps, five catches, 104 yards and a touchdown. None of the other receivers are doing a whole lot. Justin Rigg, the tight end, five catches, 51 yards uh, there for him. And at some point, not necessarily this week, at some point they're going to have to spread it out a little bit uh, to keep the, the other team guessing. Seven sacks on the year so far for Kentucky. Two interceptions. They do have one forced fumble but not recovered. So two turnovers for this defense, that's going to have to get better. And against a team like, like South Carolina, you need those turnovers to kind of get control of the game uh, there. So we'll see exactly how all that shakes down. The seven sacks, though, is good. J.J. Weaver leads the team with three. He had two of those in week number one. Uh, so they, they've got to get a little bit more pressure on those quarterbacks as well, especially as you get into this heart of the SEC season. Um, it's definitely an area where they're going to have to get better. Coming off the struggle against Chattanooga, I'm assuming that they're going to be able to overcome that and uh, come out ready to go against South Carolina. Coach Stoops and uh, this team, losing to a team like South Carolina would be a very much a surprise especially after the egg they laid against Chattanooga. They don't typically lay two eggs in a row. So we'll see how all that breaks down for them. When it comes to this game, it's at South Carolina. Kentucky is the five-point favorite. I'm going to go with this game being a 30, let's call it 35-27 Kentucky. 35-27 Kentucky is my prediction on this game here. Then you get into the rough stretch for Kentucky because after they play South Carolina, they go three straight games, LSU, uh, Florida, LSU, Georgia. Those three games are going to be tough. Florida showed how good of a team they are against Alabama. LSU is beatable, but it's going to be a tough game. And then Georgia on the road uh, might be impossible for Kentucky. Then after that, you got the Mississippi State, who isn't looking good. you got Tennessee, who may have found their quarterback. you got Vanderbilt. They might as well be somewhere else, uh, New Mexico State and Louisville. So the season is it gets easier after – these next three games, but they need to win this one against South Carolina to boost their chances of being an eight to nine win team this season. 
All right, so we've given you the predictions for Kentucky and EKU. Both of them we're predicting wins on. Uh, an excited week ahead. I want to encourage you to make sure you go visit IPM Pest and Termite. That's myipm.com. They are locally owned and operated right here in central Kentucky. Their technicians are professional. They're on time, and uh, they have a great reviews according to their customers that you can read for yourself anywhere that you can find reviews. But IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. When you get a hold of them, make sure you tell them you heard about them on the Sports Stove Local Hour. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. We've got live episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays covering all of the major sports topics. And then every Wednesday morning, we drop the local hour right here covering EKU football. Uh, well, all EKU sports, technically. We're just in football season right now, as well as the University of Kentucky also. And so make sure you continue to download. Please share this episode if you're listening uh, so that other EKU fans can know about us. Uh, I'll be at the game again Saturday. Uh, passing out some some cards and stuff. So if you see me, let me know that you heard uh, the episode. I, I appreciate, again, those reaching out to us, uh, fans reaching out saying, we want to hear from Drew Hart. So we bring you Drew Hart. If you've got a fan, or excuse me, a player that you want to hear from on this podcast, let me know. You can tweet us at, at Sports Stove. We're on Instagram, at Sports Stove as well. You can always email us, thesportsstove at gmail.com as well so thank you so much for tuning in and for your support so far this month has been phenomenal until next time we'll see you